Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy this message.
How do we know? Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either one would love the other, and he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and serve money. He didn't say you cannot, you cannot serve God and not have money. He said you just can't serve both. You have to trust one or the other because you can make money your God. This is a little heavy, right? You can because this is not preaching. We're teaching today, okay? You can make money your God if you do if you allow it. But I'm here to tell you, when you make God your God, money is not sub, you're not subject to money. Money's just a resource and not the source. Billy Graham says it like this, like we said last week. If if a person gets their attitude towards money straight, he will help, it will help straighten any other area of their life. God wants us to know about money and how we use it. And last week, as Robert Moore was talking, we talked about the tithe, the tenth. It's so important. If you're not tithing yet, I'm not telling you to tithe because the church needs your money. I'm telling you to tithe because it's going to be a principle that you need to operate in. Because we're going to talk about to get today the principle of the first. If you have notes, get your notepad out because this is this teaching session with Pastor Eric, okay? All right, I'm a real preacher, so I'm, I'm working on the teaching aspect of my preaching styles, okay? So if I get a little loud, that means the preacher side's coming out of me, okay? So here's the thing. So the reality is this. Tithing matters. It puts God to the test like we talked about last week. And tithing is one of those areas that God throughout the whole Bible is the first time and the only time he says, hey, test me in this. Test me that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour blessings on your life. That's what we talked about last week. And let me give you an uh, indication of two stories, okay? When we were young and just getting married, we lived in Ocala, Florida, which is not the promised land. I can tell you right now, okay? Um, Ocala, Florida, they used to call it Slowcala, okay? So Ocala, Florida, and uh, we were recently just became youth pastors in Ocala, and uh, we, were, we were broke. You know, in those first couple years, you know what I'm talking about? We were broke. There was broke, and there was broke, broke. We were broke, 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 okay? We were three, three levels of broke, okay? But um, there was areas in our lives, so we got, we were so excited. We, we just got married. We got a brand new car, and uh, we were like, you know, we're going to, to take on the world, you know? We just got married, and we realized real fast, there's bills. There's life. There's sacrifices. So we were, we were going, and we were just struggling with our finances. We, we just didn't, our finances had us. We didn't have our finances, you know. We weren't trusting God in so many areas, and we didn't give. We stopped giving tithe. We stopped giving tithe because we're like, hey, we got to pay this bill. We got we to do, what, do whatever. And we realized real fast that that, that doesn't work, okay. Um, and um, we get a phone call from the repo guy. Hey, we're about to repo your car. The only car we had. And Jess is like, why didn't you pay the car payment? It's because I had to pay the electric bill. You want electric or do you want to ride a car? I'm just being honest. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take what I'm supposed to give to God and I have to do this. Because as men, we are trying to be providers, right? It's the worst feeling whenever you walk into the house and you do this. And there's no light because you didn't pay the bill. Anybody been there before? I've been there. So I'm like, as a man, I don't want to have that feeling. So I'm just going to, I do the finances, so she don't know, so I'm just going to put it aside. And I didn't give. I wasn't faithful. Ding, ding, ding. 
we're on our way to repo your car. And in that moment, we had a decision. Are we going to trust God or not? And I told her that I was not giving. Number one, she ripped me a new one, okay? And we said, from that moment, it doesn't matter what, we're going to stay faithful to God. Literally, no, the car didn't get repoed. God made a miracle, uh, a miracle happen. And from that moment, we said, no matter what, we're going to be faithful to God. Flashback to this year. And I've been holding on to this miracle because I'm just, you know, it's a miracle that I'm trying to make sure that it happens, okay? But it's happening, all right? So here's the thing. So a couple months ago, I came up here and told you I was having a horrible week because a house that I just bought a, a year and a half ago, it, they were advertised to me that I bought a house that was connected to city water, to city, city, city sewer, right? So I'm all good, you know? I don't want a septic tank. Because then you have to drain it, it smells, all that. It's not bad, but I just didn't want to deal with it. So guess what? A year into the house, stuff starts backing up in my house. Like the, the, the floodgates of heaven, I mean, the opposite way from hell, all right? Just coming and everything. So I'm like, what's going on? We get a plumber out there. Guess what we have? A septic tank. And not only do we have a septic tank, it's destroyed. All our lines are broken. Our septic tank is messed up. And our drain field is completely destroyed. I got somebody coming out there, and they said, it's going to be $8,000 to fix. And if you don't fix it, poop is coming out of your drains. I don't know about you. I don't want to live in a poopy house. I started freaking out. I'm going to be honest. I was started freaking out. I was looking at loans that I didn't even know people had loans. You know, like I was like, I don't have $8,000, but I ain't trying to live with a poopy house. Until finally I said, we, we, we put the phone away and we're like, you know what, God, you're going to have to deal with this. And we left it alone. I mean, we left it alone. Poop didn't come out, but we left it alone. Until finally we started talking to some people here and there, and we realized the fault was on the listing agent. They put it wrong. So I called the listing agent. Actually, I called the lawyer first, and I'm like, hey, why don't you handle it? And they're like, it'll be $800 for me just to send a letter out. I said, I'll call them. I, I got it. I, I got a phone. I'll do it. So I called them. I'm freaking out. I'm like, sir, you messed up on the listing, and there's poop coming out of my drains. I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't want to deal with lawyers and all this stuff and everything. They're like, okay, let me see what I can do. They call me back and they say, hey, um, we're going to call our insurance company and let's see what happens. So the insurance company calls us in. In this moment, I could have two choices, start saving any money we have because we got to deal with this or stay faithful to God. And we're like, no, we're going to stay faithful to God. doesn't matter. I can't. Sometimes you got to just let God be God. You can't control everything. So I said, God, I'm just letting you be God. We're going to stay faithful. We're going to do what we got to do, and, and we're going to go. So uh, uh, it was like a month later. I'm like, God, <laughs> you know, the, it's, the tank is getting big. It's getting full. You know, it's getting full. And I'm like, go. And then they call me back from the insurance company. They say, hey, we're going to, number one, we're going to take care of it. Okay. So we're going to, I need you to go and get a quote and um, see what that quote does. And here's, here's the crazy part about it is the guy that they sent the quote to us was a Christian man. Was a Christian man. And he looked at the situation, 
And because he had a relationship with the owner of the real estate company, he told him, he's a pastor, and you better take care of this. It's your obligation to. So the, the insurance company calls me, and they said, hey, we're going to take care of it. Yeah, come on, that's a blessing. But then I said, my grass is about to be messed up. This is a brand new house. I got nice St. Augustine land, grass. And not on top of that, Carlos, do you know, the irrigation is about to be tore up too. So I'm like, God, I'm freaking out again. I'm like, you just gave me a miracle, but there's another $4,000 in grass that has to happen. Do you understand? This doesn't happen. I called the insurance company. They said they're going to deal with it. And then this is what the insurance company asked me. What else do you need? I don't know about your insurance company, but usually my insurance company don't want to pay you anything. I said, sir, what do you mean what I need? Is there anything else you want to add to the quote? I said, well, they are about to tear up my grass and my irrigation. You know what he said? Get the quote. And they just approved $13,000. I'm getting a whole backyard new. Two stories, one being faithful, one being not. I'm not saying that God is a genie in the bottle. He's going to do this all. Like, I'm saying that there's a, there's a part of your life that you have to stay faithful even when things are going to the poopy, literally me. I want to show you principles in the Bible that is so true for today, but culture has messed it up because people in the church have messed it up. Let me tell you like this. We don't serve people. We serve God. People hurt. God doesn't. People fail. God never. So what I'm trying to tell you today is you might have a weird concept of tithing and giving in church because the pastors or, or people or documentaries have made it put this picture of this is a horrible thing. And I'm here to tell you they might have a little bit of fault in that because people fail people. But God never fails us. So we don't put our principles in people. We put it in God. So when, when we see a little bit of uh, going a little crazy, I only turn to God. And what God's word says is what I put my rock, I'm putting my life on a solid rock, not on sand. So I'm here to tell you that if God says that giving and tithing, it matters, I'm here to tell you, you better operate in it because there's a principle. You're not living for your life if you're not doing it. I'm not sugarcoating it. This is what it is. So let me, let me let's, let's, let's talk about two things here. There's this concept of the first, the principle of the first. We see two areas in the Bible where God uses the first of something that, 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 that he put a huge importance to, huge importance. Our tithe, as Robert Moore says last week, is the first thing we give, right? Is the first of our resources that we give. Why? Because the principle of the first. There's nothing better than having the first baby. You know what I'm talking about? The first baby, you get everything nice and prepared. It's the first, especially if it's a boy. He's like, I'm a man, you know, like this is gonna the hold the, the bloodline through the through. You know what I'm talking about, guys. You know, it's it's it's, it's the first. How about your first car? Your first car, make it all nice, even though it's a 1920 breaking down kind of thing. It's, it's your first car. 
your first relationship, your first boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't have any money, but it's Valentine's Day. And you got to make sure that you get that in Valentine's. So you don't have no money, so you go to your mom and dad and be like, hey, I need about $2.5 million. This is my first. They need the bear. They need the thing. They need this. It's the first. Second child comes. Sorry. <laughs> you get the ring. But what I'm saying, the first matters to all of us. Why? Because God has put a principle from the beginning of time of the first. The first. If we look here in Exodus chapter 13, we see him starting to bring this principle into the light with Moses. And the first concept we need to talk about is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, let me explain this to you. The firstborn needs to be sacrificed or redeemed. In Exodus, God told Moses to consecrate the firstborn among the children and the beast. Why? Because God knew that the first of the firstborn was going to hold the bloodline all the way through generation to generation. So there was an importance on the first. Not that the second or third wasn't important, but it, it mattered the first. The first. Let's, hear, let's look here in Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 through 13, and we're going to kind of gonna bounce around here to get some context. In verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whether is first to open the wound among the people of Israel, both man or beast, is what? Mine. We talked about last week how uh, Pastor Robert Morris said, he says, it is mine. It is his possession. It is, it is attached to God. So let's go uh, Exodus chapter 13, 11 through 13. It says, when the Lord be, um, bring." When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all the first open wounds, all the firstborns of the animals, and all the males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of the donkeys shall be redeemed with the lamb, with, with the lamb or or if you will not redeem it, it shall break its neck. Every firstborn of the men among your sons, you shall redeem. So it was talking about this concept of clean animals and unclean animals. So the clean animals are to be sacrificed, and the unclean animals shall be redeemed. So he said, you bring a donkey it needs to be redeemed by a lamb because a lamb is a clean animal, so it needs to be redeemed. If it was unclean, it needed to be redeemed. If it was, if it was clean, it needed to be sacrificed. And this concept of the first, he said no matter if it's clean or unclean, however you get it, it either needs to be sacrificed or redeemed. You know whenever you're in a relationship, man and, and, and female, that when you are intentional in gift in, in giving gifts, you know when it when it's so important for you that you set up the time, you get the right thing. It's very you know you get the kids' handprint because it means sentimental, and they know when you just go to Walmart and you just get a card and you get some flowers that half are dead, and then you like get like the the bunny with half the ear coming off. You know what I'm talking about? There's a difference between it just being 
given, but also there's a sacrifice behind it. You thought about it. You actually thought it through. See, that's the difference between our, that's, that's what it means with our giving as well. There's a, there's a thing about me, I'm sacrificing this because I know what God did for me. Or it's just I'm doing it because I have to do it. When you have the attitude, I just have to do it, it's not a grateful part. It's an obligation. God doesn't want us to give an obligation. He wants us to give us a heart that is cheerful. And sometimes that reminds us that we need a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to give. Can I get an amen on that? For us to think about it, for us to write it, for us to go to our bank account, there's a sacrifice. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But what God is telling you here is the people had to bring their first to the temple for it to be either redeemed or sacrificed. How about if you win the lotto and you just buy the ticket and just hold the ticket around? You ain't rich yet. You have to what? Go redeem the money. Because there's a reward when you either live in sacrifice and you get to redeem what God has given you. Because it's an op- you're operating in the first. See, this is a representation of our relationship with God. He was that lamb that was sacrificed. We were the unclean animal that needed to be redeemed. Without the sacrifice of the clean, which was Jesus, we would never be redeemed unto him because we are unclean. See, from the beginning of time, God set up these, these areas for us to look at and for us to operate in is the principle of The first, the principle needs to operate because we have to give God our best and not just an afterthought of what we have to do. It really needs to be redeemed. It needs to have a covenant over us. And when we give, God redeems it in so many ways. I'm pretty sure I can go to you testimony after testimony of how God, you sacrifice something, but God always redeems in some way, somehow. Like I said, it doesn't have to be just monetary, but in health and and in family and in everything, because God operates in covenant. We operate in uh, in contract. It's more than a contract. God operates in covenant. What is covenant? It will never break. It It can never break because he said it, he has to operate in it. So when we're operating in covenant with Christ, man, we are sealed forevermore. And in areas, so many other areas, but also in our finances as well. Here's another area. It talks about the first, the first fruits must be offered. So in the Bible, there's this concept of the first fruits. Anybody heard about the first fruits before? So they, they used to do their crops, and they used to bring the first of the crops, which is usually the best of the crop, to the temple for everybody to feed. But people understood whenever you didn't bring the first, you just brought the scraps. You cannot operate in the principles of God bringing him the scraps. Hear me out. You cannot operate in the blessings, the abundant blessings God has for us if we just give him the scraps. He's looking for the first. I don't know what it has to do about it. 
But there's something about the first that he redeems. So that's why it's so, it's so hard for us sometimes. Why is it hard when you get paid to give tithe? Because it's a process sometimes, right? Why? Because the enemy knows that when you're operating in the principle of the first, you are under the covering and the blessing of God. So what is he going to do? He's going to throw that little thing on the side. He's going to get you a little lazy. He's going to be thinking you are somewhat. Why? Because he doesn't want you to live in covenant. When you're living in covenant, you have to be intentional with everything you do, knowing that the enemy is roaring around like a, like a lion trying to devour you. This is not only a, 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 a real thing. This is a spiritual thing. I'm just trying to teach you something here. It's a spiritual battle even with your giving. Because the enemy knows when you are operating in the first, there's a covenant over your life. There's a different blessing over your life. And do you think that the enemy wants that for you? No. So that's why it's so important that God puts this in his word. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Um, is this a little too much, too heavy? No? Good? Okay, good. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the what? First fruits of all your produce. Then your barns, because here's a blessing on top of it. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. He's saying whenever you give me your first, because we're in covenant, there's no other option but for me to make your barns filled and your wines more vast with new wine, bursting with new wine. Because he's a covenant God. He wants you to operate in the first. We need to honor God with our possessions in the first of our increase. When we do this, he's a blessing on the other side. The first is usually the best. Can we be honest with each other? He said, it's hard to give. It was so easy. Second nature to us. But it's not. Just seems like salvation. If it was so easy, everybody would do it. But there's sacrifice. There, there's a way of doing it. And I know it's hard at times, but as your pastor, I don't want you to live anywhere outside of God's will. I want you to live in the most covenant of covenants with a God that cares and loves you. So maybe next week I'm going to talk about faith, but today I'm talking about your money. It matters. And it's uncomfortable for all of us because we all struggle with it. You think I'm up here being like, this is the greatest message ever. No, but I'm here to tell you that as your pastor, I want this church and your life to live in the blessings of God. The blessings of God. Can I get an amen? In our, in our, in our finite mind, in humanity, we can't comprehend kingdom mindset sometimes. Because in, in our world, two plus two equals four. But sometimes in kingdom, 
2 plus 2 equals 5. I don't understand it. Because God doesn't think like us. He doesn't operate in our mind. Sometimes we put God in our mind, and guess what? We're, he can't. And we can never think like him. So that's why there's this area called trust, faith, to know that he's doing what he has to do. But we also have to do what we have to do. And in the middle of that, his divinity comes and we are trusting a God that never fails, that we can stand on his word because he's never failed in our life. How do we know this principle? The principle of the first. We can see here in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. We, it's not even a, a New Testament thing. It's an Old Testament thing that we see here how when you don't operate in the first, there can be a curse, as we talked about last week, on your life. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. We all know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, we see the principle of the first even operating back then. And we need to learn from this. Let's, let's go over here, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and they conceived and bore Cain, Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with help from the Lord. And again, she bore a, a, his brother, Abel. Now Abel was keeper of the sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit from the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of the flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel's offering, but Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to contrary you, but you must not, you must rule over it. Now, this is so much good stuff and I'll, I'll, I'm done here, I promise, okay? So we got Cain, the keeper of the ground, of, the, of, of, of all the, the grounds. Abel was in charge of all the livestock and all the stuff. You've got to see a key word here. Here's the key word in verse 3. Let's go to verse 3 real fast so I want them to see it. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought the firstborn of the flock and the fat portions. Leave that up there. The principle of the first. Cain brought something to God, but it was in the course of time. It wasn't, it was a second thought. Whenever he wanted to, whenever he could, whenever he desired to do it whenever it was at his timing abel brought the firstborn not only did he bring the firstborn of uh, he also brought the fats he didn't only stop at the first it was more of the tithe and the offering and it said that god didn't accept cain's but he accepted Abel's. Why? 
the principle of the first. Cain brought it whenever he wanted. Cain brought it when it was convenient for him. Cain brought it when he could write the check. Abel said, I'm going to do it first, but not only I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with a cheerful heart. I'm bringing the fats as well. Two different mindsets, but then I love what happened. It said that Cain started getting upset and put his head down. I love God. You got to read the, the Bible sometimes with humor. Let's put that next verse up there. He said that he became up, uh, upset, right? Let's, let's go to the next verse. And the Lord looked at Cain and said, bro, what's going on? Why are you angry and have a fallen face? Basically, God was saying, why are you mad? Why are you mad? You, you knew the principle that I'm, we're operating in. You decided not to do it. Why are you mad, bro? If you do what is well, would you not be accepted? Ooh. God is saying this to you as well. If you know what is right, don't you know I'm accepted? But if you do what is wrong and you decide not to live in covenant, sin crouching at your door desires to have you. You must rule over it. That is heavy words right there. That means you have to be intentional to say, I'm going to do well. Because if I don't do well, the enemy's going to start creeping in my life. And, and it wasn't probably money by, back then, but it was, it, was, it was currency. It was fruits. It was, it was livestock. That was currency back then. So what is God telling us today? If you do what is well, you'll be accepted. But if you do not do what is well, don't get mad at God. He's telling you what to do. It's the principle of the first. But God, but why are you so why are you so mad with Cain? He still gave, yeah, but he didn't follow the process. It's not the amount. Come up here, give me some beautiful music in the background because I'm about to hit it with a. People are like, well, I can't give if I can't give the full amount, then we might as well not. What if, what if Jesus said, hey, I'll take the whipping, but forget the cross? <laughs> it's, not, it's not the amount. It's the heart posture of saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. Cain gave an offering. It was not accepted because he, it was an afterthought. There's something about the first that God honors and redeems. It's a sacrifice of us saying, I'm going to put everything aside and put you first in this area because I know when I put you first in this area, I know what happens if I don't, that the, that the enemy is going to try to creep in in areas in my life. You want to know some areas that you, you're dealing with? Maybe you let the enemy creep in. Maybe it started with finances. 
and this was another thing, and another thing. Because why? We have to rule over it. What does that tell me? We have power over sin. It don't need to rule us. What is this saying? That, that this whole mindset of like, I do it when I can, it's called laziness. I'll do it when I can. It, it, it's called that you are not being an adult. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I acted like a child. This is the Bible. But when I grew up, I put childish things aside. And I followed what God has done. I'm here to tell you today. It's time for us to operate in areas that God wants us to so it's time to stop sugarcoating these things it should not be a second thought it should be the the thought that i am going to honor listen let me tell you young adults you want to get married learn how to learn how this principle of the first is going to operate while you're single people have this mindset like oh when i'm married everything's gonna then i'm gonna give and we're gonna do this no it gets worse right then you have kids, you have double the bills, double the groceries, and now there's more areas for you to say no. It's not when you're in covenant with each other, it's you have to be in covenant with him first. You have to be in covenant with him. I'm here to tell you young adults, if there's anything I learned in my life failing, I failed multiple areas, I'm still failing. But one of the hardest hits that I did is when I stopped being faithful in my tithe. I don't know. I, you can call me a legalistic pastor. I'm good with it. There's just something about giving God the first. Sometimes I can't comprehend it. I wish I can be the most scholarly person and tell you all in this. It, it's in the Bible. I know that. And all I can tell you is by experience that when I don't put God first, I start seeing my life unaligned in other areas. I start seeing my life drift in other areas. Why? Because I'm not ruling over what's trying to creep in. And most, some, most of the time, it starts with you being faithful with your first. I'm just telling you. I can bring everybody up here that's been living longer than me and tell you that this is true. You're not being faithful to me because I will fail you. Be faithful to him who would never fail. It says bring the full tithe to the, strong, uh, to the storehouse. This is the place that God tells you to bring it to church. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. Do not think that God needs your tithe. But he wants it, not for you, not for not for the church, but for you to be blessed. It's it's the principle of the first. So what's the what's what's a, a practical thing we can do now? When I get paid, the first thing I do is honor God with my resources. Honoring God with the first will do way more what a four hundred one k would do will do way more than what an investment would do. 
Because an investment outside of covenant is just money. But an investment covering with a covenant of God, it's loaves and fishes multiplying. It's loaves and fishes because you're under covenant. I'm sorry, this is not the the best message. I I know that, but guess what? I don't care. I want you to live in the fullness of God. The fullness of God. So what are we going to do? This is our why. At the church, we're gonna we're gonna jump into a 90-day faith challenge together. If you're not gonna do it, we're gonna do it together. We're gonna be taking these up today, and we're gonna be praying over this week. You're gonna be sending we're gonna be sending you an email this week, kind of giving you just a, a good devotion to kind of get you started on this 90-day challenge. Why are we doing this? Because I want us to intentionally operate. In covenant. So if we have to do it together, we're going to do it together. That means you have to put some things aside. That means you have to think about it. That means you can't just just, just wake up and not. No, no, no. We are doing not only covenant now, we're to covenant together. Because we're doing it together. And when we do this, at the end of this, if we all do it together, we're going to get you this book. We're going to buy this for you because we want you to continue to not only for you, give it to somebody else. Because we want to make sure that we are living in covenant. So fill this out today. Take it to the connections area. I want you to join the 90-day challenge with me. And also, as a church, we made this resource for you. This is a 14-day devotion. I challenge married couples, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, do it together. This is a 14-day devotion on being a generous person in giving. I mean, it has discussion questions. Our team has really, you know, put this thing together to, because to, we want to resource you. We just want to just be up here and talk about it. We want to be about it. So as you leave, take up this 14-day uh, devotion, do it together, do it alone. But I want all of us to go through this for us to learn one of the topics. What what does generosity do? What, what is the, It gives you Bible verses, a devotion for the day, and some, some scriptures and some some questions to think about for that. Why? Because we want to, if we're, we're going to operate in this thing and we're going to do it together. So as you leave, 90 day challenge, take your devotion with you. And I want to pray over you. I want to pray that as the enemy tries to creep in, that we do both. That we, we're not like Cain and just give out of obligation and when we want to. No, 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 that we know that we are solid believers to know that the first matters. It might not be the amount that matters. What matters is that it's my heart posture of the first. Because when we're looking at the first, we're saying, God, before anything, I put you first. And if this is an operation, if this is a kingdom mindset I have to operate in, I'm going to do it not out of a obligation, but because I Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com, and in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a recurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning. We meet every Sunday, and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.